You're listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast, episode 24. Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Hi there, Phil here, and welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast, where I chat with inspiring IT professionals, consultants, and experts every week. To find out more about the podcast, visit itcareerenergizer.com. And while you're there, you can download your free copy of 11 top career tips for IT professionals, many of which have been discussed on the show. And now let's chat with today's featured guest, Ryland Layton. Ryland is a certified business analyst professional, having worked in the IT industry since the late 90s. Ryland is also a conference speaker and an agile coach for the International Institute of Business Analysis, as well as the author of the book, The Agile Business Analyst, Moving from Waterfall to Agile. So Ryland, can I ask you to perhaps expand on that brief introduction and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure, I'd love to. Um, and thanks for having me on today, Philip. Um, it's really a pleasure to be here. Um, I started off my career uh, kind of entering the IT field from uh, the counseling field, actually. I thought I had wanted to be a therapist and discovered that really wasn't what I was dying to do. And uh, I was much more interested in helping people solve their problems, and sometimes in therapy you find people are very invested in their problems. And uh, I wound up finding that business folks really had to solve things immediately. So I started off in database work doing query support type of stuff, gradually moved through some software programming and web programming. And along the way, I was informally doing business analysis and project management and uh, interfacing to our more um, full-fledged, full-capacity folks in uh, the consulting companies at the large company I was employed with. And they found they liked the results I had, that I was getting good results, I was communicating well with them, and that things were on track when I was uh, asking for the work from those other team members. So I gradually moved more formally into a BA and PM role and found ultimately that I really just loved the BA space. And uh, for the last 10 years, maybe 15, I've been more formally strictly doing BA work and uh, specializing into Agile as much as I can. Uh Uh-huh. Obviously, Agile is very topical. Um, It seems to be the big thing in terms of IT development projects in particular. Do you feel that's going to be a continuing trend? I do. Um, I think that it will be something that every industry wrestles with for quite some time because of legacy theories of management and uh, top-down control structures that are typical and uh, understandable for larger companies. Um, Agile really thrives on self-management, self-direction, small teams that can move and pivot in response to changes in the market, and that doesn't always fit for every business. And at the same time, almost every business can get some benefit out of it in some context. So everybody's going to be struggling for a long time, I think, with how do we take advantage of this interesting concept that, by the way, is generally more fun for employees, more engaging for them, and uh, drives higher employee satisfaction when done well, uh, which reduces staff turnover, which can be a huge cost to businesses, as I'm sure you know, and and at the same time work with the transition of people who've never worked with that before. 
and where it's a challenge, where where instability or controlled instability, as I like to look at agile, uh, is difficult for, for example, project management offices or program management offices, for accounting departments, for contract offices. It's all difficult to deal with the controlled instability that is agile. It's just not something they've adapted to yet. I agree, yes. I think it's something that a lot of organizations struggle with. Very much so. Okay, can you share with us a unique career tip that the IT career energizer audience need to know and probably don't? Sure. Um, this was one I learned early on at that uh, large company I worked for in the beginning. Um, I had a really good manager, and she taught me several lessons that have stayed with me a long time. I call this the Lynette lesson. Um, this was someone who had been with the company for literally 30 years before I got there. Um, and I was working for a telephone company at the time. So she had started off way back when uh, things were literally physical switches that needed to be connected through cables. She was one of the last people to work with those in her younger years and had seen it go all the way to electronic and then computer switches. She once sat down with me and said, Ryland, I, I need you to think about this. I will never understand technology the way you do. I've never worked with it the way you do. I, I, you know, to a degree, computers and databases are almost magic. All I know is you're the guy I talk to when I want things to happen with them. And I'm never going to know them the way you do, and that's okay for me. And I was confused because she was being very vulnerable about this and very, uh, very teaching to me about this, very mentoring about this. She said, I have all of my confidence resting on the fact that professionally, my confidence that is, I know the things I know, and I know them well. I have a wealth of experience. I know how everything in this company works business-wise. I know who developed half of the things we have, and I know why everyone is in the jobs they're in because of my experience. And even before that, of course, I had specific job skills that I could rest on and know these are the things I know. This is what I bring to the table. This is the value I'm bringing. And what I want you to take away from my conversation today, Ryland, is you don't have to know everything. You only have to know the things that you're supposed to know and a little more and keep growing that space, but stand where you know what you know and admit the things you don't. Don't try to get into the places uh, where you aren't experienced or aren't knowledgeable. It will show. It will not help you. And there are other people with those skills. So it will help you collaborate with them more if you own what you know, don't own what you don't know, and appreciate others for the fact that they know it. And I've really taken that to heart the whole time, and it made it much more easy to do something that I think is hard in sometimes young career positions, which is you want to appear competent, and unfortunately you want to appear competent all the time, and there's simply no way that's possible. Um, it's just not. So by owning what you do know and admitting what you don't and appreciating others, you'll be embraced faster You'll learn more. You'll be brought into more circles, and um, no one's going to think you're trying to uh, uh, appear like a know-it-all when you clearly aren't. Yes, I think there's definitely a risk. <laughs> um, in a lot of people's early careers, that they try to be what they're not, or they try to pre present a persona when maybe they're not ready to do so. I totally agree. It's that, uh, it's that scared part, right? You're looking to prove yourself and you're afraid that any question you don't get right is something wrong that will be counted against you. When truthfully, as long as you know the things you are actually hired and paid to know and you're trying to actively grow beyond just that, right? Don't get settled in what you just know. You're expected to grow. But as long as you 
you know, may, you understand the limits of your knowledge and you can admit it and embrace others for knowing those things, you're going to do well. Yeah. Um, can you tell us the story of your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? Yes, <laughs> I can. And uh, uh, I, w- I would love to admit to the listeners today that this, mo- this one on here made me say, oh, this is going to be a fun interview, but perhaps people will learn from this moment in my life as well. Um, it was a little hard to think through because it was a weekend I still cringe about. But um, I had a manager, and this is many years later, um, so this is probably 10 years further on from the first scene I described to you, maybe more. And he'd been a good friend, and he'd been promoted to be our team manager, and he was much more mature than I was. Let's just say he was also about 20, 25 years older than me. So he'd also had a lot more life experience, and he'd been an entrepreneur and so on. And, um, you know, I pictured myself as a helpful, attempting to teach people stuff. Um, you know, I just thought I was really trying to be the best uh, BA I could to help everybody around me that I could. And he sat me down one day and he said, I, I need to talk to you about something. And this was a context of a formal coaching session, not in like a disciplinary one, just I, there's something I want to talk with you about. It's important. And I want you to hear me. And um, he sat me down and he said, listen, I know you are trying to advance to the next level in your career. Um, and I want to tell you, I'm as supportive of that as anyone in the building. In fact, I'm probably your biggest advocate. There are some changes you're going to have to make to get there, and I think you're being blind to them. Um, You are um, not being as helpful as you think you are to people, and people perceive you as resistant, difficult, challenging, um, uh, and uh, in some cases, Ryland, arrogant. And those, I can't get you promoted if that's your perception. says, I know that you believe yourself to be helpful, and want to genuinely help everyone around you. It's just not coming off that way. And I think it's because of some old stuff. Anyway, he led me through what it was. And just as a short example, this was a company I've now been with for about two, three years at the most. Um, And prior to that, my experience with companies had been a little different company culture. It was something as simple as when someone came to you previously, previous companies, I mean, and they asked you for time or for help, you would schedule time with them. You would say, I would love to help you. Let's put something on the calendar. And that was the culture at that company. And at this company, there was a different culture to that. It was, you are expected to, unless you're in the middle of a crisis, drop what you're doing and assist immediately, no matter what the thing is, no matter who's asking. It didn't have to be someone senior. It was just, if if you're going to help someone, you drop what you're doing and you help them right then. Uh, and that wasn't where I was coming from. And he said, I need you to, one of the things is make that transition. I need you to stop being focused on your calendar and structuring your time, which was a habit I wasn't quite aware I had. And, uh, you know, I was offering anybody any time on my calendar, but what they needed was right then without restriction and enthusiastically. And uh, I made that change. It took me a little while to understand it and realize, wow, I can't believe I'm being perceived this way over something so minor. But, okay, uh, he's right. I, I had to think about it. And um, and then it was also making a certain amount of a shift to, at certain times, making it a point to listen more than I talked. When someone needs help, it's not to solve their problem necessarily, but first, let them get it all out, understand, move on. To kind of wrap it up, 
this was very different than I perceived myself, and it was very, very hard on me because I just was in shock in some ways that I had been messing this simple thing up so badly that it was holding me back. And I went home and I kind of thought about it a lot over the weekend and digested some other similar things he'd said about it's this host of things, and if you can fix them, I can help you get promoted, I can help you advance. If not, everyone in the world is going to resist me in this company. Um, so I thought about it a lot, and Monday I worked on my attitude, and I came in with a smile, and I looked forward to when people would ask me for help, and I dropped what I was doing to help them. And from there it started to get a lot better. Do you feel it made an immediate difference to the way people engaged with you? Yes, it absolutely did. Um, I wasn't being perceived as standoffish or, uh, again, the perception is sort of, well, you're not important enough for me to drop what I'm doing. You need to book time on my calendar, when not what I was trying to present as in any way. It just wasn't what was in my mind in that moment. But, yes, after a few people had that new experience with me, more people started to ask. It took several weeks before there was any noticeable change in this because I was acknowledged as one of the senior people and senior skilled people in the department, but I wasn't considered approachable, and that had to change. And that was hard in some ways. So, Okay, so moving on from your worst IT career moment, can you tell us about your IT career highlight or greatest success? You know, I'd have to say it was the experiences that led up to writing my book and then when the book actually came out. The thing that led up to the moment where I decided to write the book was that, you know, Agile had become a hot topic in the Atlanta area and BAs were trying to figure out how to fit in. And I had just had some really good experiences in that area. My first uh, BA in Agile job I crafted some Agile processes and BA processes for a company. And um, it was going very well. And I learned a lot from a lot of the people I was with. And we were doing a professional development day here in Atlanta. And I volunteered to take uh, about three hours of the day and give a here's how the BA fits into Agile and here are the skills you need and just a whole host of information to the audience. We had about 100 people attend. Um, it's not just me on the stage that day. There were several other presenters over the course of the day. Um, but it went really, really well. Um, we actually got through a quarter of the material I intended to get through because there were so many questions. It was just an audience dying for information. Um, both project managers and business analysts were saying, how do we make this shift? What do we do? What do I have to do? And, um, you know, many people were concerned about their careers and their immediate job as well. So we spent a lot of time with that. Um, and from that and a lot of follow-on questions I had after my session and uh, metaphorically through in the hallway through email and other um, IBA sessions, I said, you know, I think I really need to write a book about this. And I just kind of knuckled down for the next uh, uh, nine months and talked to a few professionals I knew and wrote the content and hired an editor. Uh, totally different when you hire the editor versus when they hire you. Totally different experience. I love self-publishing. <laughs> awesome thing. Thank God it's here. And, um, and then I launched the book, and, um, you know, we had a little party at the house, and I had all the people who I appreciate in the, the front of the book, um, over all the people who I consider teachers and folks who helped me learn and who were part of those key moments. And it was just awesome to see their faces and to hear them say they'd, they'd read it because, of course, they'd had advanced copies and said, this is good. This is really going to help people. And I've had that moment going forward. And 
you know, I, I honestly genuinely did the book because it was something I felt um, a calling and a, and a passion to do. I felt it needed to be done, and I did it as an almost an art project, an intellectual art project, if you will. And the reaction people have had to it and how many people have said it helped them has been the thing I've just loved the most. It's been something I – it's uh, inspiring my next phases of work, and uh, I, I am eternally grateful for the reactions I've had. So when was the book first published? 2015. So it's actually this is this is the third year it's out. Uh, it was published in 2015 in uh, I think it was September actually that it came out. I, I might be wrong about that, but so it's uh, it's done well. I'm, I'm very happy with it. And how many copies have you sold? Uh, we actually crossed the 1,000 mark um, on uh, through Amazon about. Uh, two months ago, I think between online and offline sales, we're now at about 1,300. Uh, so occasionally, occasionally I do some in person, just one, through one reason or another at a conference. Um, but no, I've, I've been very happy with that. It's been great. I was actually told originally, and just for reference for your readers, uh, for your listeners, um, I was told to expect 400 would be a great run for a book like this. Um, so it's been very gratifying that people are still finding it valuable. What excites you about the future of a career in IT? Well, in my case, of course, I'm focused on agile in general uh, and, and business analysis. Although, you know, agile, uh, for any of the roles in agile, I'm very excited. Um, as we kind of talked about uh, very impromptu at the beginning of our, our discussion today, I think the way businesses are going to adapt to this is going to be interesting. I think that seeing that penetrate farther into different businesses and industries will be interesting. I have people ask me, I'm in manufacturing, how can I apply agile concepts to what we're doing? Um, and of course, then I point them towards some lean concepts, which is where a lot of this started, um, uh, or at least, you know, kissing cousins, as it were. Um, we, I've, we think about it in a lot of different industries and say, well, let's think about it. I don't know how it could apply there, but let's talk about the principles. Is there anything you can do that you could do in smaller chunks? Is there any way you can get value faster? So, I love having those conversations with people. It keeps me excited. Um, about the future in IT, for my future in IT, is that um, I'm going to get to continue to have these exciting conversations with folks. Um, uh, through the course of my work with the IIBA and because of the book, um, I've been in some rooms with folks that I occasionally do feel like they have two doctorates in this field, and that one over there has been a consultant for 30 years. Why am I here again? Um, but then I get over it because they invite me in again. So I'm, I'm feeling like, all right, I have something to contribute. And I, uh, if you ask me what my top value was, I'd tell you that it's that I like leaving things better than I found them. So I feel like I have a lot to offer that here, and that's what I want to continue to do as I go forward around Agile and helping people get it. Okay, we're going to move into the reveal round now. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? Um, there were a couple of things. Um, I'm going to be totally candid about it. Uh, when I left school and I said I wasn't going to do the therapy thing anymore, I said, all right, I want to be able to make a certain amount of money, which IT is you know, pretty good for having a decent income level. Um, I want to be able to help problem solve, and I want to have... I don't want to be in a, in a narrowly defined career box. So once I found things that I was interested in that fit those spaces in IT, I said, I think this is my thing. This, this fits. Um, and initially, I thought I was really going to be focused on database work, 
And I love the intellectual practice of database normalization and thinking about how to design a data structure for different purposes. So that initially attracted me to it as, yep, that, so you could say that SQL was my gateway drug into IT. What is the best career advice you've ever received? Um, I'm thinking of other things from certain mentors. Um, always do the right thing would be the, would be boiling it down. No matter who, no matter whose idea it is, whether it's yours or someone else, always do the right thing. If you can't figure out how to do the right thing, then something else is wrong. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? One thing I do regret in some ways, and I'm working on rectifying at this stage of my career uh, in in another way, is I wish I had taken the opportunity to perhaps do more consulting work early on. And by that, I mean different environments, different projects, different challenges, traveling to different locations. It simply becomes harder the farther you on are in time. At some point, you meet that special person and you want to settle down. And depending on your own personal loves and likes, um, there's probably a house involved, there may be kids. There are things that make it harder to travel and be independent without additional commitments. So I really do think that if you have that desire and you're in the right career space, um, I would take the, the opportunity to travel and have a lot of different experiences early on in your career uh, because it just becomes logistically harder. Um, the social and personal and emotional costs become greater uh, when you're older. What career objectives are you focusing on right now? There are certain things I'm looking at that are around leadership, uh, teams, and teamwork. Um, uh, I'm loving that my, my job permits me to focus very strongly on working and coaching uh, agile teams and BAs. So those are well aligned for me right now. Um, some things I'm doing, as I mentioned earlier, I'm trying to rectify some of the non-consulting things I did earlier, is uh, I'm taking advantage of uh, some of the platform I have through projects like uh, this one, our speaking discussion today, and some other conferences I've been able to do, and um, uh, taking advantage of invitations to travel uh, internationally and nationally, and um, again, try to leave things better everywhere I go than, than when I found them. Um, I'm enjoying that chance to, uh, I'm, I'm appreciating that I have a chance to do that over to some degree. What's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career to date? That's a really good question. Um, I think in my case there were two that really helped uh, early on uh, from school. Um, one was a certain grounding in research methodology and design because as a BA, and I hope this is a non-technical skill from your viewpoint, um, we need to be able to define things well. So that gave me the sensors in a way to say, all right, we've, have we appropriately defined our business problem? Have we explored it sufficiently? Do we have an operational definition of what success looks like for us now? Um, are there any ambiguous terms here that could lead us to, uh, let's say research challenges later? Um, so that helped a lot. And then, uh, I would say some of the, again, I went to a school for counseling for a while, just that consciousness of asking open-ended questions, closed questions, kind of knowing I need to get to information about this. Let me start in a very broad way with an open question, but if the person 
if I'm not getting where I need to go, let me focus the person with closed questions. So those things have really helped me as opposed to being a BA that has to walk into a room and say, so tell me, what are your requirements? That's not going to be a successful person. Can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT Career Energizer audience? Nothing's ever wasted. Um, every experience you've had will have taught you something. Um, you may be surprised at when it comes up again and how you use it. I would never have thought I'd have built on my counseling work. I would never have thought I'd build on the uh, career counseling class I took, and it's becoming a, a core thing for helping a lot of the BAs I work with. Um, I would never have thought many of the things I've done would have been continued to be useful. But they added up, and in some ways they were all part of something I thought was interesting. So they became part of my own uh whatever my own career path and value proposition was. They all led to that. And even if they were wrong things, then that's a good lesson on, hey, there's a line over there I don't happen to be very fond of. Let me try not to cross it. Uh, so I, I think that that's the thing to remember. Make, you know, make considered choices, but don't be ridiculously risk-averse. The younger you are, the easier you can recover from certain things. Um, you know, you're, you're not betting your house on things yet, Right. So I think those are those are the kinds of things I would suggest. Just nothing's ever wasted. Figure out how your pieces fit together and express that as your value proposition. It'll make you different. And we all don't. Nobody wants to hire the commodity. It's we can get that anywhere. Don't be a commodity. You know, be be something that stands out. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Well, uh, my website is rylandlayton.com. Uh, I've uh, got a major update of that coming out in September, so hopefully around the time uh, this is published, it'll be done with a little luck. Um, I'm also going to be appearing at a number of conferences. Uh, in December, I will actually be at uh, BA Istanbul, which is uh, one of those things we were talking about earlier. I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to do. Um, I'll be doing a keynote speech there on uh, on Agile and, and business analysis. Um so the best way to do it is to reach me through the website if you'd like. Um, my email address is ryland, R-Y-L-A-N-D, the B-A, at gmail.com. And you're welcome to reach me through either of those things, and happy to speak with you. Ryland, thank you so much for joining me on the IT Career Energizer podcast today. It's been great talking with you. Philip, it's been a pleasure also. I really hope folks get a lot out of it. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's great interview with Ryland Layton. Full show notes can be found on the website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e24. And while you're at the website, you can download your free copy of 11 top career tips for IT professionals, many of which have been previously discussed on the show. In next week's episode, I'll be talking with Will Bushy, author of the book Wired for Coding and the leading expert on web harvesting. If you haven't done so already, please remember to subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher to get future episodes automatically downloaded to your device. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review in iTunes or Stitcher about the show. So until next Monday, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.